This is The Guardian. I'm Laura Murphy-Oates, coming to you from Gadigal Land, and this is The Full Story. Greens MPs, members and supporters have told me they want to support The Voice. Last week, Senator Lydia Thorpe resigned from the Greens Party, saying she felt constrained by the party's position on The Voice and she wants to represent the black sovereign movement in Parliament. My focus now is to grow and amplify the black sovereign movement in this country, something we've never had since this place was established. This move rocked the Greens Party, with further division over the voice emerging throughout the week. In the days after her announcement, Guardian Australia sat down with the newly independent senator to discuss why she resigned and what comes next. Today, Senator Lydia Thorpe on black sovereignty and political reporter Paul Karp on what this moment means for the voice, the balance of power in the Senate and the unity of the Greens Party. It's Wednesday, the 15th of February. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy to assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. So, Paul, last week, Lydia Thorpe resigned from the Greens. What led up to this moment? So Lydia Thorpe has raised issues with the Indigenous voice for a long time. She was actually at the Uluru Dialogues in 2017 where the idea for the voice was formed and she walked out of that convention claiming it was a flawed process. But what we've seen in recent months is growing tension about Senator Thorpe's stance because the Greens had not formally declared their position on whether they'd support it. Lydia's put forward her position. Um, we as a party room are yet to discuss uh, and, and, and formalise our position in relation to the legislation that would establish a referendum. And after these months of concerns that she'd raised, it, it had to be settled somehow. And so they came together in early February to finally work that out. They came to an agreement where she could vote against it if she wanted to, even if the Greens came to a different collective decision. And she gave formal notice that she can't support the voice to Parliament unless it is combined with recognition of Indigenous sovereignty. So this was all playing out as the Greens were trying to figure out their position on the voice. How did they figure this out? So in the days leading up to Lydia's resignation, the Greens held a retreat to discuss their 2023 strategy, and that's where the party resolved to officially support the voice to Parliament. But at the time, it had not been announced to the public. 
And then on Monday, Guardian Australia and our Victorian correspondent Benita Kolovos revealed that Thorpe was going to resign. On stolen land, of course. And she did that, standing up in Parliament. I've told Greens, Adam Bant and the Senate President that I am resigning from the Greens to sit on the Senate crossbench. And she wanted to represent a black sovereign movement that she couldn't do from within the party. Full of staunch and committed warriors. And I want to represent that movement fully in this parliament. It has become clear to me that I can't do that from within the Greens. Both she and Bant stated during their press conferences announcing the resignation that they didn't intend to comment further about her time in the Greens. I'd like to thank, in particular, Adam Bant and Mayreen Faruqi, but I do not intend to comment further about my time in the Greens. But since then, she has. Can you tell me about what she's said to you? Yeah, so last week, my colleague Josh Butler and I sat down with Lydia in her office in Parliament House. Fair enough. Oh, all right, if I pop the, re- nice. pop the recorder on now and get going, is that all right? Yep, sure. To talk about her new movement and what caused the rupture with the Greens. And in that conversation, we learned a bit more about the days leading up to her resignation. At the time, there were reports that Thorpe would take part in the Greens retreat remotely, but in the end, she didn't participate. And she says there was a good reason for that. I had a death. My cousin was found in unusual circumstances in a creek at my at Lake Tyres on my country. I'm sorry. You know, and then the media went mad and said, "Ah, where was she?" And it's like no respect, no respect. And it was at this retreat, remember, that the Greens decided their position on the Voice. So we asked Senator Thorpe. Was it like? A, was it sort of like a direct, you know, cor- cor- you know, causation? It was the icing on the cake. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And she did nod to that on Monday when she said that she felt constrained by the party position and the fact that she knew that members and supporters of the Greens wanted to vote for the Voice. Right. So it does seem that the party's decision to support the Voice was a motivating factor, but she does say there is no bad blood, there's no big falling out with the Greens. It's about authentically representing the black sovereign movement in the Australian Parliament. What did she tell you about what black sovereignty means for her? Well, she said that's the entire reason she's in politics. We need a black sovereign movement in this country and that constituency, which I've been a part of all my life, needed a voice with power, <laughs> and I, I became that. It's her whole upbringing from being in a, a 70s activist movement. It's us reclaiming who we are as black people, B-L-A-K, sovereignty. We've been given all these labels since colonisation. We've been Indigenous, we've been Aboriginal, we've been Torres Strait Islander. You know, we had a Minister of Aboriginal Affairs, now we've got a Minister for Indigenous Affairs. I suppose the colonial system makes you part of them by using our language and black sovereignty sets us apart from that for the very reason that black sovereignty is the highest powered sovereignty in this country. 
we are the oldest continuing living culture in the world. Senator Thorpe says that she's concerned that putting the voice in the Constitution will impact Indigenous sovereignty. But Indigenous politicians, experts in constitutional law and the government's referendum working group have publicly stated that sovereignty will not be impacted by the voice. How does she respond to that? Well, she welcomes those reassurances, but she wants more than that. She wants a recognition of Indigenous sovereignty either in the bill setting up the referendum or in the constitution, the the founding document itself. I find it difficult to subscribe to constitutional recognition without the parliament and the government saying that First Peoples are the sovereign peoples of these lands. That must be stipulated. Sovereignty has different connotations. It, it has a spiritual aspect, but it also has a harder sort of political and, and legal aspect. And her concern, I think, is any form of legitimacy to the claim that British sovereignty was imposed on colonisation is a bad thing. And so, you know, having an advisory body in the constitution is a bad thing because that constitution is founded on an assumption of British sovereignty being imposed in Australia. Look, if it doesn't cede sovereignty, then put it into the constitution. Put in that we are the sovereign people of these lands. First peoples are the sovereign people of these lands. Put in the legislation. What the government has said is that one doesn't affect the other. The government has said that the voice will not cede sovereignty and she's saying... If it's not an issue, it's not an issue, but prove it. Put it in writing. And importantly, she says she hasn't resolved her final position on the voice. I'm not saying I'm voting yes or no yet, but there are progressive no's out there. It's not the Pauline Hanson no. There are progressive no's for very good reason. And they're the voices we need to hear from too. The referendum's going to hurt us either way, yes or no. One more if it's all right. It's already hurting us. It's creating so many divisions might be our decision. It's the white people who decide for us. She wants to continue speaking to the government about reforms she'd like to see in Indigenous affairs. When you look at deaths in custody, child removal, incarceration, suicide, homelessness, poverty, land destruction, water destruction, destruction of language, like that is an on going war. Specifically, she wants uh, the Royal Commission report into Indigenous deaths in custody from 1991 to be implemented in full and for the federal government to force the states to do that. I want to pivot to what this means for the Greens. Adam Ban has said that he's sad to see Thorpe leave the party. Senator Thorpe leaves the Greens with an enormous amount of respect. She is a fighter for her people. But clearly, in the wake of all this, they now have less power in the Senate. What will that look like going forward? Well, I think the interesting thing about this is that Labor still needs the Greens to pass legislation. They still have 11 votes in the Senate. But what happens now is they need Labor plus Greens plus two votes instead of Labor plus Greens plus one. And that means that in addition to David Pocock, they might need the Jackie Lambie network or Thorpe herself or, you know, even 
One Nation or the United Australia Party. So it, it changes the dynamic of the crossbench. The Greens are still necessary for Labor to pass legislation that the coalition opposes, but they're not enough by themselves. The, the situation remains now still more or less the same in the Senate. The Greens are centrally in balance of power in the Senate. Any time that the opposition doesn't agree with the government, um, the government will still need the support of the Greens to get legislation through. And will Thorpe work with the Greens going forward? Well, she said that she's going to work closely with them. No doubt about it, you know, probably vote with them. Um, a lot of the time, but um, I still have a really good ongoing relationship with some of those um, senators in the Greens. Particularly that she'll vote with them on climate. I mean, the Greens are good on climate and they always have been. I learnt a lot um, throughout my time with the Greens. And she was coy about whether there were any things she really disagreed with them about. And can you give us a sense where you might agree or not agree uh, with the Greens on, on other areas of policy? <laughs> no way am I going to give you that, but um, good try. Oh, would it be great? That'd be, you know, just there's a whole, there's a whole list of bills, there's a whole year's worth of business, you know. Next, what a divided Greens party means for The Voice. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Over the past week, there's been a lot of fallout within the broader Greens party. One Melbourne councillor resigned in solidarity with Senator Thorpe and he suggested the Greens had failed to support a black politician who was only representing the Greens' official policy on The Voice. Is that true? Are the Greens going against their own policy in supporting The Voice right now? So the Greens policy orders the three requests from the Uluru Statement, Truth, Treaty and Voice, in that order. It's Black Greens policy. It's been two years of Black Greens policy mm. that uh, it is Truth, Treaty and then Voice. Yeah. It went through a national conference of Greens. Now, the Greens are saying that they're sticking to this because they have got some things like funding in the budget for advancing truth-telling and the treaty-making process. But to their critics, there is a strict interpretation until the first two are achieved. It's questionable what they should be doing on the third one. We've said very clearly as the Greens, this was the position that we took to the election, that we wanted to see the statement from the heart, all of the elements implemented, and we want to see action on all of those, and that, of course, meant truth and treaty as well as voice. Bant said they've negotiated with the government, they've got a statement that it doesn't impact sovereignty. 
and they've got funding to progress treaty and truth. And what's happened over the last few months is that we've had good discussions with the government about how we can also progress some of those other matters and also address some of the issues that were of concern, not just to Senator Thorpe, but to the whole of the Greens party room. What does this mean for sovereignty? This may not be the policy that they took to the election, but how do Greens voters feel about action on the voice to parliament? Well, I think there's relief that they've now said that they support The Voice because support for The Voice is strongest within the Greens compared to other political parties. Our Guardian Essential poll and other polls show it's between 80 and 90% of Greens supporters, and that's even higher than Labor supporters uh, in terms of their backing for The Voice. The Voice might be popular with Greens voters, but Last week it emerged that the co-conveners of the Greens' First Nations Advisory Group, also known as the Black Greens, do not support the voice to parliament or a referendum on Indigenous constitutional recognition. This contradicts statements from Bant that the party's decision has the backing of the Black Greens. What's going on here, Paul? So Bant and the deputy leader, Maureen Faruqi, wrote to party members on Monday night after Thorpe's departure to explain their decision in favour of The Voice. And in that email obtained by The Guardian, they said the decision came after consulting their First Nations advisory group. It said, The Black Greens conveners advised us that there are a diversity of perspectives within the party and in the broader community, but at the end of the day, we cannot say no to a voice to parliament. Mm. But what emerged after that is the national co-conveners of the Black Greens released their own statement, making clear after Tuesday's meeting that they opposed The Voice. It said, quote, we do not believe the voice to parliament will solve the problems occurring in First Nations communities or in black-white relations in Australia. And we do not feel it is necessary to ask the whole country through a referendum to approve the establishment of an advisory body that is subservient to the Australian parliament and gives us no rights of self-determination as outlined in the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous People. So, Paul, this week a new First Nations spokesperson was appointed in the Greens, Yamachi Noongar woman and West Australian Senator Dorinda Cox, who is supporting the Indigenous Voice to Parliament. But what kind of message does this send? The fact that the previous First Nations spokesperson resigned and the First Nations committee is against the voice. I think the Greens are a grassroots political movement that really relies on heavily engaged activists that are there to, you know, do the heavy lifting of community-based campaigns, you know, leafleting, door knocking, all those sorts of things. And the, the issue that they have is that this is a group of people speaking out on a policy that peculiarly affects them, but it is a minority view within the party. And they, they risk losing that energy of that activist base. Mm. They want to try and heal that rift and keep people for who First Nations justice is their most important issue. They need to keep them in the tent, but they also don't want to lose progressive voters who think that this is a step forward, if not perfect. And that's a very difficult thing for them to resolve. And they've been grappling with it for months in trying to accommodate uh, making demands of the government before signing on to The Voice. And it's been incredibly difficult for them. Right. I imagine many of those Green supporters who are behind The Voice want to stand in solidarity with Aboriginal people. That would be why they support this movement. Is there a chance that, given all that's happened, we'll see that 89% figure of Greens that support The Voice drop in the next few months? 
I think it was really interesting uh, on the 26th of January when Guardian reporters went to the Invasion Day protests, especially the, the Vox Pops that they did with people that, that went. And some people took the attitude that the obligation is to listen to this point of view, that Indigenous sovereignty is more important than the voice and, you know, they couldn't really care less if the referendum got voted down. Some people took the view that the obligation was to listen, but it was still up to individuals to decide whether they think it's a step forward or not. The question is, are there progressives who think the obligation obligation is not just to listen, but also to enact what the people on stage at Invasion Day rallies are saying, which is to vote the voice down. Right. I imagine it's going to be a minefield for many of these voters, essentially. Yeah. It's a Greens voter going to do what they think First Nations people in the Greens want them to do, or is are they going to do what they think First Nations people generally want them to do? Because those can lead to completely different answers. So, Paul, that's the impact on the Greens, but I'm wondering what this means for Senator Thorpe's political future. What does that look like? Thorpe called for the expert working group advising the government on The Voice to re-engage with the black sovereignty movement, and she said that they want to meet the working groups. Also, my colleague Josh Butler asked if she would form a black sovereignty party. Like, what, what does this structure look like? I really want to understand mm. what this looks like. It'll look like uh, what the black sovereign movement tell me that it looks like and we're having a number of conversations uh, with that movement mm. daily. I mean, it's only just happened, sure. but there's definitely quite a big movement. Uh, so I'll take the lead from them. She didn't rule it in or out. Uh, She did describe the Black Sovereign Movement as being like her party room. I'll be representing what they say. Things that I do in Parliament will be their words, not mine. It's not about me. It's about a movement that hasn't been represented. By which she meant that they will help her decide how she should vote. And she talked about, you know, building a movement and re-engaging activists on on this issue. We're organised, very organised. I mean, I've never seen a movement so organised. But you couldn't say with any certainty, you know, in this election they'll be running candidates or in that state they'll be running candidates. So it was nothing of that nature. Our political editor, Catherine Murphy, wrote that, you know, this might be a pivotal moment in the campaign for a voice to parliament or it might be a blip that will fizzle out in the coming weeks and not really impact the overall outcome of the referendum. Do you have a sense of how significant this past week will be? I got the sense over summer where for weeks Peter Dutton was complaining there wasn't enough detail for the Liberals to support The Voice, that the progressive side of politics were frustrated by that, but ultimately they were reassured the vast majority of people that are going to determine this, the the median voter is not paying attention yet. They're going to decide much closer to the actual vote in the second half of the year. And if you apply that logic to what's happened with the Greens, you might think, well, it's a long way out, so that doesn't matter either. The problem here is whether this idea about sovereignty first and, you know, stuff the voice in the in the white colonial constitution, if that catches hold, which it might because it might appeal to people who pay more attention to politics, to, to young people, to progressives, if the whole point of doing a voice is you're trying to advance the conditions of First Nations people and you suddenly have a very prominent 
First Nations person and movement that is saying that they do not want it, that makes it a lot harder to vote for The Voice. That was political reporter Paul Karp and Senator Lydia Thorpe. You can read the latest on The Voice and the Greens Party, including a piece about the new First Nations spokesperson, Dorinda Cox, at theguardian.com. We link to that and more on the Full Story page. This episode was produced by Miles Herbert and Joe Koning, who also did the sound design and mixing. The executive producer was me, Laura Mephiotes. OK, thanks for listening and catch you tomorrow. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.